This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Being able to identify things that happen before they actually happen is really important because say, for example, something is trendy and you decide to start a business in that trendy thing, it's likely already too late. And if you're going down that route, you can maybe win by throwing a ton of money and budget into marketing and all of that. But like real true trailblazers see something before anyone else does. And, you know, that's kind of what makes it special and really like they have this vision that no one else has. So I think that's one of the criteria. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Real Reel Podcast with your host, Natalie Barbu. Today, I am so excited for this episode because we touch on entrepreneurship, we talk about health, we talk about holistic health, we talk about bloating, which is something that is way too common in my life and how I'm going to start to get rid of that. But this episode is just all around great and I am very, very excited for you to listen to this. But before we get into introducing who we have on as a guest today, which you guys already know if you've clicked on this and read the title. I want to talk about my week and some highs and lows and just do a little casual intro for you because you guys know I just like talking to the microphone and I just feel so legit like holding this mic. I don't know. I just I feel very, very legit whenever I have a mic in front of me. You would think after almost three years of podcasting, has it been three years? Oh my God, I think it's actually been three years. I started this thing in 2019. That's insane. After three years of podcasting, you would think that I get used to a mic, but I don't. It's honestly really, really cool. It's the it's the best part about being a podcast host, getting to talk into a microphone all day. Anyways, this week I went to Washington DC with my family. I think I talked about that last intro, but it was really fun. I mean, I don't think Washington DC is like the city for me. I think it's beautiful and it's just like, it's really pretty and, you know, there's great food, there's shopping there, but for some reason, the energy is just not my vibe there. And that might sound weird to say, but for some reason, I don't know, like the energy in New York, you know, it's electric. Like it's, you can feel the energy in New York the second you get off the plane, the second you get off of your, your, your plane, get out of your seat. You're like, I'm in New York city. Like this is incredible. And it's just this like hustle energy that makes you just want to work really hard. And in DC, maybe it's because there's not as many like creative jobs there, or maybe there is, it's just not as like evident where I was. I feel like the energy is just very like corporate government bureaucracy vibes. I might just be biased because obviously there is a lot of government work there since it is the capital of the United States, but I don't know. I just, I I don't think I could ever live there, but I do like visiting. I think the monuments are beautiful. The city itself is beautiful. The food is good. Like I really liked visiting DC, but it definitely solidified my choice of not wanting to live there, which is funny because I'm going to throw it back to uh, 2018, 2017, 2017, when I was applying for jobs, I applied for Accenture. That was like my dream job. That was actually the only job I applied to because I had applied so early. I applied September of my senior year and it ended up getting the job. So I didn't apply to anything else, but applied to Accenture um, and they made you rank your top three cities of where you want to be based. And I had gotten the Southeast location, so I couldn't choose New York. I couldn't choose LA. Those would have been my top choices, but I wasn't allowed to do that. I had to pick places in the Southeast and DC was the biggest city on that list. Miami was actually on the list, but I did not want to work there for, so at that time I like was like adamant on not living in Miami, which is kind of funny now that I do live there. But DC was my number one city. I just wanted to get out of North Carolina. Um, I thought, you know, I I didn't want to go to like Atlanta for some reason. It just didn't appeal to me. I didn't want to go back to Florida. Like I could have chosen Tampa or Miami, which in hindsight now, obviously I'd much prefer Miami or even Tampa, even though I've never been, but just like Florida in general. But anyways, at the time, my 18, actually I was not 18, I was 22. My 22 year old self was like, I want to be out of North Carolina. I want to be in a big city. And if I can't be in New York, I might as well be three hours away from it in Washington, DC. So I put DC as my number one choice, which 
you know, getting your number one choice when you're applying for a job like that is not like that, that like uncommon. Like they really do try to accommodate you. DC was my number one. Charlotte was my number two. And then Raleigh, North Carolina was my number three, just because of family and it was familiar. Can I just be say how happy I am? I did not get Raleigh. I'm so happy about that. I don't know. I, no hate to Raleigh, no hate to DC, but I just, I, it was great for college, but I would not want to continue to live there. But regardless of where I chose, I wasn't going to last very long since I did quit nine months later. But DC, I thought I wanted to live there. I was like, I think it's cool. It's a big city. And I'm really happy I didn't get it. I'm really happy I was able to stay at home, moved to New York nine months later. Like that honestly worked for the best. And looking back, I'm like so happy I didn't get those. But yeah, imagine me, Natalie in DC. Could you see that? Could you see my content revolving around DC? I don't know. Who were your favorite like DC creators? But Regardless, I was there. It was a fun family trip. Now I'm back in Charlotte. I'm reunited with my baby, Bambino, the love of my life. And Keon is also here. (laughs) But it's been a lot of fun being back home. I haven't been home in like two months. So it's been nice being home, being with family, being also in a routine. I feel like whenever I am traveling, I'm just like out of my routine. So it's nice to be in a routine right now. And that's kind of my update. I guess I don't really have a low. I just have like Hi, kind of an update of what I've been up to and, and going down memory lane telling you that I could have been in a totally different city and I wonder how that would have changed the outcome of my life. Like, who knows? Uh, maybe I would have fallen in love with it. I don't know. But anyways, this guest today, I want to talk about her because this is what you guys are here for. I have the pleasure of interviewing Sif Hader. She is the co-founder of Array, and she's also the host of the Dream Bigger podcast, which many of you listen to. I am 100% sure of it because it's very similar to kind of my podcast with the topics that we talk about. And if you don't listen to it, I just... You're welcome. I gave you a new podcast rack. She's also a former magazine editor, and she is a very creative person who loves to write and is just passionate about the wellness industry as a whole. She herself has struggled with her own health issues for years, which we talk about her chronic health issues that she has been struggling with. And she turned to natural remedies as a last resort, which I feel like if any of you are into holistic medicine, into natural remedies, into Eastern medicine, you probably understand that feeling of this is my last resort and then it being completely transformative for you, which is what happened with her. She troubleshooted her own health problems through the use of herbs, minerals, vitamins, and she saw a huge shift in her immune system. And the issue was that she just couldn't find like these natural, organic, high quality products that were also beautiful and had a nice brand. So that's why she decided to create Array with her husband, Nish, to bridge the gap. It's an amazing episode. We touch on so many different subjects. We dive into the challenges that she faced launching her first products and the first steps that she took starting her own business. We talk about the importance of finding and trusting experts in whatever field you're launching because she does work with doctors and she does a lot of research and clinical research that backs her products. We talk about hero products and how the company has evolved, which supplements are important for everyone to take and why, and then also daily routine tips to combat stress levels because stress is one of those sneaky things that like creeps up on you and it is so detrimental to your health. So we talk about that because that's something that I need to hear because I can be healthy in so many other ways, but I need to maintain my stress. So anyways, this episode is incredible. Sif is a gem and I'm so excited to try Array products. And without further ado, let's welcome Sif to the show. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz-free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. 
it's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Hello, Sif. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. When I got the email about having you on my podcast, I was like, oh my God, I have to because I've seen your products in so many places and I am very into, you know, holistic medicine and just, you know, healing yourself in a more natural way. So I'm very excited for this conversation. But before we begin, I want to start with setting the record straight. So I'll tell you some stereotypes, some assumptions, and then you'll let me know based on your experience if they're true or false. Oh, this is fun. I'm excited. Yeah. So first one is the average American is not taking care of their health. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. What do you think the cause is? Do you think it's the food that we're eating, the convenience of it, lack of education? I think a combination of all of those things. I just think that we have lost touch with how to eat. People don't really know how to eat. People overcomplicate and are really... I guess, intimidated by healthy eating. And I think for the average person, there is so much information circulating that people are just confused and or don't know. So like, I mean, America is like a pretty big country, you know, and like, I I don't think New York and LA are representative of that. Like there's so much in middle America that quite frankly, like I've not even been exposed to except for like reading studies and, you know, papers on what's going on there. So I think it is misinformation. I think it's lack of information, lack of education, apathy. And then like even in coastal cities, you know, even if we have the information, fact of the matter is that stress is such a big factor when it comes to our overall health. And, you know, we can be doing everything else right. But if we don't keep stress under control, there are going to be repercussions no matter what. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially me, I think of health as the food that we're eating, supplements that we're taking, working out fitness, like that's how I view health. But I don't take into account stress levels, you know, because we live in a society also that tells you you have to hustle, you have to be on all the time, you have to work all the time in order to make it. And that takes a really big toll on people. And I don't even account that like in my own health journey. So it's something that I need to prioritize. You know, it's not just you. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and I need that reminder for myself. And like, you know, sometimes I feel myself getting to that point where I'm burnt out or like I was actually on a walk with a friend yesterday and I was telling her, I was like, Nish and I, we just went to Italy for a wedding and then we'd like 
we were there for like a little bit longer. And I was telling my friend, I was like, I didn't realize how much I needed it. And it's funny because sometimes you're at that point of just like exhaustion and kind of not burnt out necessarily, but like, just like you're really pushing it and you don't even realize like how stressed and exhausted you are. So, you know, I'm a wellness entrepreneur. I'm very like on top of all things wellness and yet stress is still an issue. Mm -hmm. How do you take time for yourself in that sense where you can take that vacation and not feel guilty stepping away from work or, you know, actually have a real vacation? Because I'm also the founder of a company as well. And that is the hardest part for me. I just went on a family vacation to Mexico and it was my first vacation, like real vacation in over a year. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm not working all day. Like things must be going wrong. Like, you know, investors are going to think I'm lazy. Like, you know, all of those thoughts that I get so stressed out about. So how do you kind of turn that off or do you turn it off? So, you know, I think that there's two parts to this answer. Number one is if I'm away for, you know, 10, 14 days, I will typically take the first three days off and like do lighter work days or no work before I like start to touch things. In my case, thankfully right now, we've built up to the point where we do have a team who, you know, if I'm not there working a full work day, it's not like things will just, you know, get destroyed. So it's about checking in and also trusting them. However, more importantly, I think that as a founder, in order to have fresh creative ideas and be able to look at things from a macro lens and not get caught up in the minutia, I think it's actually really healthy to step away. It gives your brain some time to recalibrate and actually be able to think from a place that actually pushes the company forward versus just from the operational day to day. So Mm -hmm. I always find that even if it's really difficult to step away, when I do it, it's typically like twice a year when we go on our trips, one during Christmas and the other in the summer. When I leave, I have all of these ideas or I start to think about things in a different way, or perhaps I've been stuck on a problem and the solution kind of becomes a little bit easier. So I think that that time to think is actually really healthy. And I've heard from the top kind of entrepreneurs and leaders in the world that they actually schedule thinking time in their calendar where they don't take any meetings. They're not really doing the work. Like they're not being doers, but they're thinking. And that's actually incredibly important. So while I can't find a way to schedule it in quite so rigorously as I should, I think that that time away is super beneficial to the business in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a misconception that you have to be sitting down on a laptop answering emails and, you know, doing the operational day to day stuff to be productive or to be working. So I I need that reminder. (laughs) You know, I think that we have this misconception of like work and what it is to be productive. And, you know, I think we have been bombarded with images and kind of the idea and notion that oh, you must be doing something constantly in order to be achieving something. And I actually don't think that's the case. Oftentimes it is when I step away and I'm being able to think more broadly than I'm actually making the biggest leaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that that's one of those conversations that isn't talked about enough. And it's something that contributes to so much stress to so many people. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is that holistic medicine is not prioritized enough. For the average person, absolutely not. And I think that it's because people don't realize how powerful it is, how powerful it can be. I think that, again, we've kind of moved away from things that are so simple and yet so effective and instead have kind of turned to more um, allopathic medicine. It's like a Band-Aid approach, whereas holistic can be extremely powerful. Yeah. And I think it's because, like you said, we're overcomplicating things. Like totally. it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, you have to go to, I don't know, just I, we are overcomplicating things. Like you said, we need to go back to the root and that simplification. But I also think we think like if something was successful a thousand years ago or something worked a thousand years ago, it must not work today. Like we need to advance from that. And I think that's also a reason why people are like, oh, that stuff is so like hippie. That's there's no way that actually works. And I think it's just because we are just thinking that we have to be, quote unquote, more advanced and that there's no way something from that long ago can work today. Also, Natalie, I think that a lot of us, you know, 
in the past, these sorts of holistic remedies were passed down from generation to generation. Like, of course, you know, that's kind of how it was in Asia where I'm from, you know, it was like your grandma told you to do this, or, you know, you learned this from your mom about like doing this, like weird, random, holistic thing. And I think as Western medicine kind of came into the purview and just became like the thing parents stopped passing that knowledge on to their kids. And so I think that that, like that learning that we did, which was more so like verbal and like listening to things, it just kind of stopped. And so Mm -hmm. people don't even know what to do. You know, it's like, and that's kind of what I found that when I was starting my journey in all things holistic, I didn't know where to begin. I was overwhelmed. I was confused. I wasn't entirely sure if it worked at all. And I think that that's kind of where most people are as well, that, you know, it's it's a confusing world when you have literally no information and you've never been exposed to it in the past. You know, you've grown up taking Tylenol and Tums, and then you're wanting to explore something different, but you don't know where to start. So, you know, I think that that's also what it is. Yeah, that's so true about it not being passed down anymore because I know like my mom has, you know, told me some things that worked when she was younger that her grandma used to do than that her great grandma used to do. But I don't really remember everything because for me, the go to is I have a headache. Let me take some Advil or, oh, I'm a little bloated. Let me take some Gas-X or Mm -hmm. Tums or, you know, like I didn't think about what, you know, my mom or my grandma used to use or was, was telling them, like, I would just go to the counter and pull some medicine and okay, that does the job, not knowing what it's actually doing or not knowing if that's even solving the problem, if I'm bloated all the time or whatever. So I didn't even think about that, but I agree that it's just not passed down anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is that anyone can start a business. Anyone can, as long as they are relentless and have a lot of grit. So anyone is able to do it, but the person who will succeed at it is a specific kind of personality. And I don't think everyone has that personality. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. What do you think are kind of some characteristics that you've seen make a really strong founder or a strong business owner? I think being able to identify things that happen before they actually happen is really important because say, for example, something is trendy and you decide to start a business in that trendy thing, it's likely already too late. And if you're going down that route, you can maybe win by throwing a ton of money and budget into marketing and all of that. But like real true trailblazers see something before anyone else does. And, you know, that's kind of what makes it special and really like they have this vision that no one else has. So I think that's one of the criteria. Others include, you know, being able to take no's and just being okay with it. I think having like a thick skin is really, really important. I think that being really relentless and having just this innate belief and fire that whatever your vision is, you're going to make it happen is also probably like another thing. So I would say in terms of just kind of personality traits, those are like the three things. And then of course, there is, you know, the ability to really, really like hustle and, and kind of push through even when things are looking bleak, your ability to like take challenges and kind of have fun with it. and not really allow things to shake you up. So I think a stoic approach is also probably best. (laughs) Yeah. And I know like you, for example, have had a different career path. You know, you didn't start necessarily in this health and wellness space or did you have a dream job when you were younger? Did you think that you would go into owning your own business, go into the wellness space or what was your kind of career path like and what did you want to do when you were little? So I think like the easiest way to answer this, because I ping ponged around so many different specific career paths throughout like my childhood to even in like my college days and early 20s, I just knew I was always a very creative person. And when I like evaluate every career idea I had, it was always to do with creativity. When I was younger, I wanted to be a singer and then an actor. And then I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a chef. So these are all really creative pursuits. And I think I just knew that I would end up doing something creative. I would say after I finished my education and had some kind of clue about what I wanted to do, like real kind of like evolved thought processes and having experienced a number of different things, I thought that I wanted to be a writer and or I also loved taking photos, which is why I went from working at a magazine to 
working full-time on my blog and Instagram and social media, all of that. That's something I really enjoyed. But yeah, I, I always knew I wanted to create something. And I guess like with Array, I really like, you know, you, you have created something if you if you own a business. Yeah, that sounds so similar to my journey as well, because I, when I was little, I wanted to do everything, like anything creative. So I started by wanting to be an author. This was maybe when I was like in first grade, you know, I was like really mm-hmm. little. I was like, I'm going to be an author. I'm gonna, and I started like writing little books and like, you know, not really finishing them all the way, but like writing them and then making my parents sit down and like reading it to them. Then I wanted to like own a restaurant, even though I do not know how to cook. And like, it's not <laughs> like, a, I don't know. You should have why. started a restaurant. I should have been a chef in your restaurant. That yeah. would have been a business. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to start a restaurant. So I would like play pretend at home. I then wanted to be an actress. And I got like an agent and auditioned for commercials. Oh. Like, I tried everything and then I ended up doing YouTube. So that's where I started. So I started doing social media, ended up doing that for years. That became my job. And then I started my company, which is like a, an app for creators. So it's like the evolution of it is very similar to yours. Different fields, yeah. obviously, but like very similar evolution. decided to start a business and when you decided to you know you had your blog already worked at a magazine you did all of this like creative stuff why did you choose the health and wellness space and did it come out of a need that you had or like what prompted you to start array in the first place I was really really passionate about wellness so just to give your listeners a little bit of a background I had struggled for my entire life with my immune system and in my early 20s I ended up fracturing a rib from a chronic cough And, you know, that was after being on this hamster wheel of getting sick, antibiotics, getting better, getting sicker, you know, like that whole cycle. And when I ended up fracturing my rib, I went to my doctor and I was prescribed codeine. And, you know, I was like, okay, and now what? Like, how do we ensure that this doesn't happen again? Because it was getting in the way of my work and just my well-being. I just, I wasn't feeling like what a normal, you know, 22, 23-year-old should have felt like. And when I didn't really get any answers from my doctor, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this into my own hands and like, okay, it's maybe holistic medicine. Cause at that point I was so desperate. I didn't really have a choice. I was willing to look into anything, even though I always thought that holistic was like, quite frankly, bullshit, but I kept an open mind and I just started researching anything I could get my hands on. And you know, started experimenting with things that I was learning about, you know, herbs, minerals, vitamins, and started to see huge shifts in my immune system. And from there, I was like, okay, well, can I troubleshoot this issue and that issue? And I kind of built this apothecary of like supplements at home, like single ingredients. And my now husband, then boyfriend, Nish and I, we were like, wait a minute, there is something here because as consumers, Skincare is such an easy category to navigate. You know, you can go to a Sephora and you can find something that's for your dark circles or your acne. And it's formulated by, you know, a chemist or a dermatologist. It's very results driven, but it's also really beautiful. So people want to use it. And wellness felt very confusing, convoluted. And so that was kind of what we wanted to solve for. We wanted to create 100% natural targeted supplements formulated by a doctor, but also really beautiful that people would want to use. So, you know, we launched with bloat and calm. One is for digestion and the other is for anxiety, the two most prevalent issues that we see specifically amongst women as well. And so, yeah, that was why I started Array. Honestly, it was, I'd always been passionate about wellness, like even prior to starting my blog. And you know, as I got deeper and deeper into my blog, I started to share quite a bit about wellness things that I was trying, like what was working for me. And then I launched my podcast and I loved speaking to wellness experts. So it kind of been like a big part of my life. And so when it came to starting Array, it didn't really feel like a crazy transition. It was just something I was so passionate about. Yeah. And starting a business like that, though, must have a lot of challenges in it because yeah. <laughs> you are dealing with people's health and, totally. you know, you can't, you can't just like experiment at that stage. You can't, you know, put out like a product that eh, might not work, but like, let's see how it does. Like with tech, for example, you can put out something like very minimal and kind of see how your customers react to it. With this, you really can't. So what was your first step when you decided to start this? Like, how did you get involved with the manufacturing, with the ingredients, with even like 
how you were going to market this? Like, yeah, I'd love to know just even like the first step that you took to doing this. Step one was finding a doctor. I knew that no matter how passionate I was about this, I was not just going to go work with a lab or, you know, white label something. I knew that we wanted to work with a really talented doctor to come up with the exact formulation, own that formulation, and then take it to manufacturers. So that was really step one. I put the word out to a few people in my network who worked in health and wellness to see if they knew a naturopathic doctor they could introduce me to. You know, I started to do like Google searches for naturopathic doctors in the area. And I just met with like tons of doctors and found the one who we wanted to work with pretty early, but I still kept going on these like coffee date slash interviews. But yeah, that was step one. And I think that anyone who is kind of starting this sort of product business, I think it's really important to find that expert who can kind of help you get there. Say, for example, even if we're talking tech, right? Say you have this like amazing idea and you know how tech works. You still need a coder. Like you can't sit there and code it yourself if you don't know anything about it or know like a minimal amount, you know? There's a lot of intricacies there. And it's the same with like product businesses as well that like, oh yeah, I can be really into skincare. I know what hyaluronic acid is and I use vitamin C, but does that mean I can put together like a serum that's going to change someone's skin? Probably not. So I think identifying what is the thing that you need to actually go from idea to something is like number one. And then of course, from there, it was more and more research, you know, finding manufacturers who would do all organic ingredients, you know, be able to hit our MOQ, minimum order quantity, which was obviously tiny because we were a brand new company with like no external funding. So, you know, it really is going step by step and like putting one foot in front of the other. So, you know, we'd troubleshoot one problem and then it was on to the next. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people get scared to start businesses because they don't know where to start and they think, you know, oh, well, if I want to start a supplement company, like how am I going to find, you know, the ingredients and the manufacturer and how is this going to work? And they're thinking way too far in the future. Totally. Yeah. You need to just think, what do I need in this exact moment? I need to learn. So I'm going to reach out and I'm going to talk to people. And that's all you need to do. When you think of it that way, it's less scary. It's not like you need to have this master plan and like you need to have this business plan all built out and you already need to know who's going to manufacture your products, what's going into it. Like that's going to happen way down the line. But like for me, for example, when I started Rella, the first thing I did, like you said, was I talked to developers. Like that was the number one thing because I was like, in order for this to happen, I can't code. Like I know the basics of it. Like I have- Yeah. Like I have an engineering degree. I've like worked with mobile apps before. Like I understand somewhat, but like, I have no idea how to build this, like zero clue. So I need to talk to people that can do. And I talked to so many different developers and then eventually I found my co-founders, but that was like the first step. It wasn't putting it out into the market as the first step. So I think it scares people. And so it's good. I always like asking that question. I think it's a great question. And I think like, you know, similar experiences, you and I like different industries, but very similar experiences. So I think like whatever someone is deciding to start, I think like identifying what is the most basic place to start. Mm -hmm. And you will be surprised at how fast the snowball like picks up. Like totally. Yeah. You get obsessed with it. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. And From when you started, I know you said you started with the bloat and calm. Is that still kind of your hero products today? Have you guys expanded? Have you evolved? How has that evolution looked like from when you started to what it is today? So we have intentionally kept our product roster pretty intentional. Like we will never be that brand who's going to come up with like 600 SKUs of product. Like that's just not who we are. We've always been really intentional So we launched Bloat Latte last year, which is essentially a drink mix form of our bloat capsules. And it was really, again, like listening to customers and hearing a lot of them who wanted a powder version of our product, which they could drink because they were having trouble swallowing capsules. And so, you know, on top of the ingredients in bloat, we added in cinnamon and turmeric as well. It tastes kind of like a nice turmeric latte, but it has, you know, digestive benefits. And then just recently, a few weeks ago, we launched probably our biggest launch since the company was born. We launched Sleep and it's a melatonin-free sleep aid, which essentially helps with deep 
restorative sleep. So what we're solving for here is restless sleep. So a lot of people, you know, even if they can fall asleep fairly easily, they don't wake up feeling rested, you know, maybe they're waking up quite often in the middle of the night, you know, maybe it's even like micro wake up, which was my thing. I didn't even realize like how much it was disrupting my sleep, but it actually was. So that's what we wanted to solve for. And this was really based on customer feedback that, you know, they hadn't really found something in the market that they would take and, you know, actually feel well rested. The thing is that a lot of sleep aids on the market, they'd make people feel groggy when they woke up. So we really wanted to solve for that. And on top of that, fact of the matter is that women deal with sleep issues way more than men do. And it's quite frankly, like shocking that there isn't a great solution for women who do so much. And, you know, for women, the repercussions are pretty severe, you know, sleep is linked to everything from our hormones to fertility to mood to productivity. And of course, digestion is a huge piece of it as well. And so, you know, we've always done digestion kind of being at the epicenter of our health and how, you know, anxiety is also linked to digestion. And so sleep was like the next piece that if you're not sleeping well, you are not digesting properly, you aren't absorbing the nutrients you need to absorb. So, you know, I think that with our products, one thing you'll notice is that they all work really well together. And so sleep mm -hmm. kind of felt like a very natural next step based on customer needs and also kind of like rounding out the stack as well. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Cause like for me, I don't like necessarily taking sleeping totally. medicine because I don't want to depend mm -hmm. on it. And I don't have an issue falling asleep. Like honestly, for me, I can like put my head on the pillow and like fall asleep in like five right. minutes. Like I, no issue, but I have that issue where sometimes I'll toss and turn yes. or I'll, yeah, like I'll wake up and I'll still be tired even though I got like eight, nine hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why is this happening? So I think that would be like a lifesaver for me. And I love that you had listened to customers with that. And also I noticed that you said no melatonin. Why did you guys choose to not have melatonin? in it? Because I know that's just a common ingredient in like sleeping supplements. So I, I'm not sure if the average person knows this, but melatonin is a hormone that our body produces. And melatonin is also the only hormone that you can buy over the counter. Now there's a ton of studies that show why melatonin is perhaps not the best thing to help with sleep. You know, it can get in the way of your own body's own ability to produce the right amount of melatonin. And like more, I guess, practically speaking, oftentimes people take melatonin, they wake up groggy in the morning because a lot of the over-the-counter melatonin that's available is dosed extremely high. No one should be taking that much melatonin. We simply don't need it. And so we wanted to come up with something that kind of helped people deal with that issue. And a lot of people are sensitive to exogenous sources of melatonin. So um, the ingredients that we use help with that deep sleep and help your body's own kind of production of melatonin. So that's kind of the reason why we chose not to use it and decided to use the ingredients that we did use. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I don't like taking melatonin. Like for me, it makes yeah. me and I don't know if I'm, this is just like a side effect that, that maybe doesn't have to do with melatonin. It just so happens that when I take Crazy it. Crazy dreams? I, yes. I was going to say, I have weird dreams. It's so weird. I'm like, I don't like yeah. taking this. I don't. This is, it's a real thing. That's why I said it before it even came out of your mouth. I was like, girl, I know what you're going to say. So yeah, it's, it is a side effect of taking melatonin. And often the reason why a lot of people don't really like to take it because those dreams are not are not great. Yeah. So um, you take our product that obviously will not happen. And also it is not habit forming. So, you know, even if you take it for a few days in a row, like you're not going to ever become dependent on it. Your body will just go back to functioning as it normally does without the product as well. So that was really important to us. All our products are non-habit forming, like even with our bloat products, for example, we did not use a laxative for that reason as well. I mean, it has like a ton of like downsides, but that was like a big thing for us to consider also. Mm -hmm. And when you were developing these products, Calm and Bloat and Now Sleep, did you decide to choose those because those were issues that you had also had? Or it's just because you knew that those would be the most popular? Or did you suffer from like bloating all the time or, you know, being high stress? Like what was your experience before developing these with those symptoms and those issues? I suffered from digestive issues like really badly. Like it was, it was a real problem. I couldn't go out to eat without having to come home right after and like, unzip my pants. It was just 
not a great experience. But as I got into this world, I was like, no, this can be solved. And yet no one knows how to solve it. And, you know, the average person is going out and they're eating and then they're just very uncomfortable or, you know, it can lead to sometimes food restriction as opposed to food freedom because you're scared that anything will make you uncomfortable, you know? So that was, of course, like, you know, it was rooted in a personal issue. But beyond that, we like to triangulate everything that we think with like external data points as well. So we saw that everyone in our lives were talking about how bloated they were and also Mm -hmm. how anxious they were. And then we went and spoke to doctors and we're like, what's going on here? And we learned that you know, bloating and anxiety are linked like this. You know, if you're bloated, you get really anxious. And when you're anxious, your body goes into fight or flight mode, which makes digestion really hard. So the two issues were interlinked and they were two of the biggest issues that specifically, you know, affected women as well. So there were like a lot of reasons why we chose to launch the company with Bloat and Calm. It was absolutely personal need, but also it went way beyond that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you that I've had digestion issues forever and it's something that like I'm trying to heal and to solve. So I need to order your products because oh I my think God, that no, it would I'll help send me it a lot. To you. We'll send you everything. So, I mean, I'll coordinate with you. <laughs> you will have to try it. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, I, I used to get that way where I would go out to dinner with friends and I would always dread like wearing a tight dress, for example, because I was mm-hmm. like, my God, like if I wear this, I know I'm going to puff up like by the end of dinner, like I'm going to be so bloated or tight jeans for me. I can go into dinner, be totally comfortable and fine. By the end, like I need to unbutton, I need to unzip. I'm like in so much physical pain. So I 100% need to try that because I've always been like, is it a certain food that I'm eating? Is it like the time of day? Is it the restaurant? Like I just never knew what it was because there was nothing that was really linked to it. It was just like- I just randomly would get super bloated and it was happening so often. So definitely need to try. Yeah. There's like a multitude of reasons why people get bloated. And, you know, that's why we really wanted to solve this issue and help people with it and give them kind of the food freedom that they deserved. And, you know, whether that means eating pizza or even like, you know, being able to eat your favorite vegetables, because, you know, contrary to popular belief, it's not just that, you know, you eat pizza or like pasta or cheese that it bloats you. You can eat broccoli and cauliflower and that can bloat you too. So yeah, you know, it's solving for like a multitude of different reasons. Yeah. And what are some supplements that you think that everyone should take? So not necessarily just women, but like everyone that you think are like a good like starter supplement kit, or at least that you found like from your journey getting started in this? Vitamin D. Uh, We are all pretty deficient in vitamin D. I recommend people get their blood work done because you'll kind of understand exactly how much you should be taking. So, you know, I used to take vitamin D and I found out that I was still extremely deficient. And so I had to bump up my dose based on that. But just as a starter, I think everyone needs vitamin D. It's a pretty well-known thing in the health and wellness industry. Fish oil, so a good quality omega-3 is also really great. You know, it helps with everything. Oh my God, like omega-3, it's like incredible, but it helps. There was a study that was published pretty recently. um, And it's been studied over and over again, that it helps with symptoms of depression. It helps with brain function. It's an anti-inflammatory. So it has a ton of benefits. So a high quality omega-3 is a really good thing to have in your supplement stock. And then magnesium is, I would say, probably the third thing. Again, our bodies are deficient in magnesium. We're just not getting it from the food sources like we used to. Our soil is magnesium, kind of deficient as well. And so we're just not getting what we need in terms of magnesium. Magnesium is also responsible for so many different functions in your body. Like our bodies use it for everything. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important to be getting the right dose of that as well. So I would say those are probably my top three that I uh, like cannot live without. Yeah. And do you think women need to take additional supplements on top of that or just it depends on your blood work and your hormones? Case by case for sure. Yeah, I think it depends on your blood work and your specific situation. The other thing I would add to this is probably a probiotic because a lot of women are actually prone to UTIs. And probiotics really do help with that. It kind of populates your gut with good gut bacteria. The one thing I will add to this, though, is that I think it's 
research is now showing that it's quite important to switch your probiotic because it'll populate your gut with different kinds of bacteria. Whereas if you just take one for forevermore, you may not be getting the range of bacteria that you need. So definitely, I would say it, it is subjective to the person. For example, like my supplement routine looks a little bit different because I like got my hormones checked and I was you know, like I, I was benefiting from something like I take Crucera, which is kind of a very like high dose of the micronutrients you get from vegetables. So that was something that I needed. So definitely, I think getting blood work and hormones checked is actually a very interesting exercise. And it'll help you optimize exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recently got my blood work done. I got off birth control last year about like nine, 10 months ago. And I suffered from really, really bad hormonal acne. Like after mm. getting off, my face exploded. Like it was like, I had such bad acne after I got off birth control and I was just so defeated. Like even right now, right now it's getting so much better, but I still have like the occasional breakout, but I went to a doctor. I started seeing like a holistic doctor, got my blood work done, my hormones checked. And now I'm on like a mix of supplements. That's like really specified towards me. And I was taking some things that like, I really didn't need. They were actually like hurting me. Like they were actually like making my yeah. hormones worse, you know? So like they were not regulating it. And so now I'm on a track where like, I've noticed my skin is more clear, totally. feeling better. Like it's just, it's so much better. So I definitely recommend like being very specific to you and getting the blood work done too. The one thing I will say, and I wish more people knew this, I thankfully had the guidance that I needed, but when you are getting off birth control, the best thing that I've learned from my ND and actually like a very good friend of mine is to get on chase tree. So it's something that helps normalize your hormones. So she had me going on it for about four months before I got off birth control and my skin was perfect. So wow. if people want to do their own research, like they can go and see, but it's like a very well-known thing that chase tree herb really helps kind of normalize and like stabilize your hormones before you get off birth control and obviously continue to take it afterwards as well. Do you still take it or is, was it a period of time that you were taking it? I took it for a period of time. It's not a bad thing to take. It's actually like a great thing to take. It's just that, you know, I pick and choose how much I want to take. And right now I already have a full stack and it was just not something that was necessary for me at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, I think that that's so important to know what works for you and what your body needs. Cause it's not a one size fits all because I would look at other people and see like what skincare items they're using and what, you know, they're eating and what they're taking out of their diet. And I would try all of these different things and nothing was working for me because it wasn't specific to my exact body. So definitely recommend getting that done and like doing your own research as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then also going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, kind of making it full circle with stress levels and, you know, being a founder, how stressful it can be. What are some things that you do in your day to day? So not necessarily those, you know, vacations that you take every year, totally, but in, yeah. in your daily routine that that reduce those stress levels. I have a morning routine, which I'm very protective of. And that kind of includes movement, journaling, what else? Like just like sitting quietly with my coffee. Like there's like elements that I have, but I think if I'm to sum it up, I would say that exercise is therapy for me. I make sure I go to the gym like almost every day of the week or I do like some sort of like movement, like hiking or whatever it is on the weekends. I always go out for walks. So in the morning, I get outside first thing in the morning because it helps with your circadian rhythm. It helps with your mood levels. It helps with everything. Everyone should be getting sun or even just getting outside, even on a cloudy, rainy day, no matter what. I also take frequent walk breaks during the day. So if I can take a meeting while I'm walking, I'll do it. And I think that people just sit on their desks for all day long and it really does impact mood. So if you can get moving, even if it's a 10 minute walk around the block, just do that. And then for me personally, journaling is extremely beneficial as well because it kind of helps me brain dump. It helps me get my thoughts on paper, helps me figure out how I want to show up on that specific day and also who my highest self is. It kind of helps me recalibrate. So I feel like those are the tools that I use to keep my stress levels under control on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I need to implement the walks, like taking meetings on a walk, because that's something I neglect. My morning routine is also very protective, I would say, where I don't check my phone for like the first two totally, hours. Yeah. I go to the gym, I work out, I need to like do something. And I like have, you know, just like me time for two hours in the morning. 
but I need those walks because I'm on my computer all day long. And it's like, it's something people don't think about. And you know, we look at, you know, 10,000 steps, right? It's so overwhelming to be like 10,000 steps. You don't do it all in one go. You know, it's called like movement snacks. So it's like little, little breaks, like, you know, walk around the block, walk for five minutes, you know, it can be three minutes, take a meeting on a walk. So there's like a lot of different ways that you can go about getting that movement in and you know, sun throughout the day or like getting outside, it's really, really good for us. And like, if people can go out on sunset walks, also really good for the circadian rhythm, it'll help you get better sleep. So the benefits of walking, honestly, I could go on and on about it. <laughs> we'll have you on for part two, and then that'll be all about walking, all walking. and movement. Yeah. <laughs> exactly well no this was amazing like I loved this episode I think that this conversation was just really great and it's something that I'm so interested in and that I've been really really trying to get better at and just to be healthier not in the sense that like oh like you're eating like super health or I mean yes eating healthy but you know it's not in the restrictive way like you can't eat dairy or you can't eat meat or you know, you have to do this amount of workouts every single week. You know, it's not in that restrictive way. It's more like you said, in the freedom way where mm-hmm. I can choose to eat pizza and milk and a bunch of cheese and like whatever I want and like have a burgers and still feel really, really good. So I really loved this episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're a great interviewer and I had so much fun talking. Thank you. Where can they find your stuff? Where can they shop Array and where can they also find you? So you can find Array at Array.com. You can find us on social at Array.co. You can find me on social at Sif Hyder. And you can find my podcast. It's called the Dream Bigger Podcast anywhere where podcasts are found. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.